dream big. <laughs> we did a lot of research into other charity partnerships, other big charity partnerships, similar sized brands and what their partnerships look like. And we did come to the number that we thought was maybe dreaming a little bit too big. If a company is a family brand, then they're going to want to partner with something that's similar, that speaks to that family brand side of things. In the same way that if it's an eco brand, then they're going to want to partner with a charity that speaks to their customers in the same way. I've got a really great relationship with the with the account manager, so I could have some honest conversations with her of, you know, we might find this a challenge or we we might find this aspect of it a challenge, but, you know, how can we work together to try and achieve that? Hey there, folks, welcome to episode 141 of the Fundraising Bright Spots podcast. My name's Rob Woods, and this is the show for anyone who works in fundraising and who wants ideas and maybe a little dose of inspiration to help you enjoy your job and raise more money. And if you're a corporate fundraiser or a fundraising leader looking to build strategic, valuable partnerships with companies, then I hope you'll find this one really interesting. It's one of my favourite ever interviews. It's such a great example of fundraisers aiming high and being proactive step by step to build something wonderful. We originally published it in June 2021 and I've decided to share it again from the archive now because I know there's a good chance that people who started listening to our show in the last year or two will never have heard it. My guest is a smart, determined corporate fundraiser named Pippa Hind-Walsh who at the time worked for Family Fund. I had the privilege of working with Pippa through our Corporate Partnerships Mastery Programme and the Brightspot Members Club. She and her colleagues put together a fabulous, valuable partnership with the food company McCain. And I'm happy to say that when I look this week, this partnership is still going strong. I really hope you find this story helpful. Pippa Hind-Walsh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> honour to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for making time to this. I know you're extremely busy at the moment for various reasons, but I've so wanted for quite a while to get a chance to talk to you so that our listeners can hear some of the things you've been up to in the last two years, especially in terms of corporate partnerships, and hear some of the interesting lessons you've learned. Just before we get into the content, your job title is Corporate Partnerships Manager, and you work for a fairly small charity called Family Fund. Have I got that bit right? Yep, that's right. Great. And uh, I met you quite a while ago. You joined Brightsport Members Club, and then you went on our Corporate Partnerships Mastery Programme, and it's been a privilege to have various chats along the way about various things and occasionally to touch on this topic. Most of today's interview, I would like to be about this spectacular partnership that you and your colleagues have worked on over the last couple of years. To start us off, could you tell us top line, what is that partnership and roughly how does it work? Yeah, of course. Our new partnership is with McCain Foods. It's been a couple of years in the making, but you may have seen some of it on your TVs recently, things like that. So uh, it's a £1 million partnership over three years. That's a £1 million donation from McCain themselves with any other employee fundraising and any other public fundraising on top of that as well. But alongside the incredible monetary donation that, that they're giving to us, they are also putting the partnership at the centre of their marketing campaign. 
at the moment. So you may have seen the dedicated adverts on TV or heard them on the radio. There's also been lots of bits and bobs on social media. There's been an influencer takeover on social media called Tea Time Takeover that included celebrities such as Kimberly Walsh and Gok Wan. Uh, we also had some really, really lovely short animations that focus on family stories of families that, that we've helped over the years. So it was three different stories that were animated and shown on Sky TV and voiced uh, by David Walliams, as well as the advert um, focusing on the partnership, which features six of our families that we've helped over the years. And the final piece to that puzzle as well is uh, that you might have seen in the freezers and you might even have in your own freezers is the takeover packs. So McCain have dedicated a number of their product packs to their partnership with Family Fund. We ran a competition for the families that we had helped for the children to redesign the packaging. And uh, yeah, our winner was a lovely young man called Charlie. So you'll have seen his lovely hand-drawn packs with our logo. Well, congratulations to all involved, Pippa. And thanks for getting these started with the top line shape of the thing. And uh, goodness me, these kinds of things are not sorted within three weeks. I know that in normal times, it would have taken a while to put this all together. And, and, and I think happening as it did during the pandemic, that can only have slowed it down. Yeah. Uh, I would love to go on to find out about particular tactics or, or lessons learned, because lots of our listeners are aiming to do really ambitious things in their partnerships. But if, if they've not yet managed to do one, this, it's just uh, quite hard to get our heads around if these kinds of conversations are different from what companies are currently saying to them. So I would love to get onto that. But maybe the next thing is, could you give me a top line timeline for the stages it took to get to the point where you were able to go public with this partnership? Yeah, so uh, you're absolutely right, uh, Rob. It was a very long time in the making. So we actually started initial conversations with McCain back in, oh, it must have been spring 2019, the end of spring, beginning of summer 2019. And we finally launched the partnership publicly in, uh, well, we, we started talking about the partnership in February uh, 2021 and with a, with a full launch in April 2021. So, yeah, long time uh, to get to where, where we were. The initial conversations uh, took time as well. There was a period in the middle that did get frustrated by COVID as well. Um, but I think a minimum time frame would have been 18 months anyway to get to where, where we were with, with the launch. So, yeah, the partnership started with, managing to get ourselves an initial meeting with the marketing director um, of, of McCain. Now, it wasn't a charity of the year application. Um, it was just us pushing through various connections um, to be able to get that meeting. And I think that's one of the things that I've learned. You know, I bounced into this role very fresh and very enthusiastic. and was like, oh, you know, we'll contact companies and we'll, you know, they'll buy into what, what we do. Um, but what I've definitely learned over the last few years is to use any connections you have is absolutely key um, in order to get in front of the right people um, to, to be able to, to pull off these, these kind of partnerships. So, yeah, after some persistence, we were very lucky to be able to, uh, to be invited to, to a meeting with the marketing director. You know, we really believed in the fit. We'd done a lot of research. Just to put it into context, McCain's brand for the last few years has been um, based on their We Are Family slogan. We're Family Fund, a charity that puts families at the heart. Our mission is to improve the lives of families raising disabled and seriously ill children. It seemed like the perfect fit, really. And we really believed in it. So then it was a case of 
getting them <laughs> to believe in the fix. But absolutely for us, um, you know, we we had lots of uh, smaller, very loyal and amazing small, smaller partnerships. Um, you know, traditionally they'd sponsored things like black tie dinners, done their own fundraising events for us, got involved in, in various things. But this was the biggest scale partnership we we had ever gone for um you know it was uh, it, it was part of a, a strategy refresh internally to be able to diversify our funding and this was our our first big big chance really um to to make a mark um so the we got the initial meeting we prepped for the initial meeting did lots and lots of research and it went well it went very well and um, but we did come away with some questions you know probably one of the things I I learned um, at that stage was that maybe we went in a little bit too technical <laughs> and not emotive enough with some of the information that that we put across but they after that meeting they were they were interested they could see the fit but they asked us some questions they sent us away with some challenges one of them was about diversity in general um, and how important that was to them and how could we fit into that as well as some other things around their campaigns and what they wanted to focus on and so we took all that away and we 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 worked our concepts we worked way that we were approaching the pitch Um, and I think the biggest change we made at that stage was putting family stories at at the heart of the pitch you know time and time again in your in your training Rob you talk about the importance of stories and it is so true and this I mean this uh, pitch really really taught me that and all the way through stories are what sell your charity so we we listened to to what they um, what, what they were looking for, and we tried to find appropriate stories. You know, we're very lucky that the variety of grants that we provide gives us quite a, a wide scope because we look at all aspects of of life and you know the sort of social model of, of, of disability. So we could look at grants that we provided that related more closely to meal times um, and uh, uh, easing pressures for families um, uh, around that. We also uh, try to create a visual um, as well and something uh, tangible to just bring it to life a a little bit more. So, you know, you talk about some very creative concepts in various podcasts, uh, Rob, and I'm not professing that this was very creative at all, but it was just something. What? So what was it that you left with them? Um, so we just had a very, very simple, nicely presented box. I got our, um, our design manager to help me out because I'm not, blessed with creative <laughs> skills in that way um, and we just put together some family stories that, that were really really relevant to what what they were looking for on some like large cue cards with a picture of the child that we'd help with their grants and just a little bit of information about how we'd help them um, and and how McCain supporting us could help us do more like that and we just left the box with them afterwards and then um, it was funny later on through the process, um, as we met more and more senior people throughout McCain and then um, we were assigned an, uh, an account manager, every single one of them said, oh, the box landed on my desk. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was just something really simple and it wasn't expensive to do. And so that that first meeting, you had researched, then you did your best to listen as well as you could for what they might be looking for philanthropically and potentially also to do with their brand. And you had prepared some things and you were able to give your view of where the money would go and how it might also be good for their brand. But at that stage, it was really just about what we have in common and how it might be good for each other rather than anything 
tactical about what this could turn into in the partnership? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we did put some concepts forward of what it could maybe look like, but I think we were always keen to be flexible and open-minded. Obviously, there's an amount of internal managing you have to do around that as well. But yeah, we were very very aware that they would have um, their own priorities and their own agenda you know we we went into this without any kind of brief so we had to be quite general in our concepts initially um, and you know all the way through I guess help them visualize what it would look like to be our partner but yeah we had we did an enormous amount of research before we went in we researched uh, their brand their previous branding uh, their adverts tried to sort of really get under their skin and understand them and understand what they were about and what's important to them looked at their uh, their previous charity preferences although they'd never had like a big charity partner before they'd they'd always been quite active through various customers and that that they have corporate customers that they have through their charities you know through food waste and, and things like that we also researched their competitors because you know we were aware we're we're meeting the marketing director there's going to be an element of that's a problem for him so what could we learn about their competitors and what they've done whether that's around charity partnerships or um, other kind of branding and where they sit also researched who we were meeting I think is a is a massive part of it and just remembering I think it's very easy I remember various times when we were putting this presentation together and it's very very nerve-wracking and you feel like oh you know I just come from this this small unknown charity you know these are very clever marketing people they seem very scary but actually they are just people you know one of the concepts you teach in the mastery course is the the jolt analysis and actually doing that is is really useful um, and you know remembering that these people they have families themselves they a lot of them have kids themselves so how can you bring that to life in a way that's that's meaningful for them hi it's rob and i wanted to jump in quickly to tell you about our two flagship training programs that's major gifts mastery and the corporate partnerships mastery program these programs help you make serious progress through a combination of masterclasses with me and individual coaching or mentoring support. A key ingredient that makes them effective is that in addition to the techniques we teach, we also put great effort into helping you build your confidence and proactivity to reach out and set up conversations or project visits, or so-called test drives, with potential supporters. We've found that almost everyone who does these programs manages to at least double their results in this crucial area. To give you a sense of how powerful this can be, here is Lily Whitlam, Partnership Development Manager at Great Ormond Street Hospital Children's Charity, talking about how it helped her. I had had a session with my mentor and we had a discussion about, you know, what what can I do to really press on those test drives? And it was just a case of chasing, chasing, you know, doing, putting together all that activity in December, knowing that in January it would pay off with these test drives. And once I'd had them, I... Yeah, as I said, I had six in total, um, and one of them has actually led to a million-dollar donation from a company, which is absolutely unbelievable and something that we didn't think would happen, you know. But I think it's just a testament to that that motivation, that clear focus that I had kind of from the program and that focus activity between December and January, and that's something I'll kind of I'll carry with me, knowing that if you put in that effort in December. For January, when it's traditionally a quieter month, people don't have much going on. I mean, I had the busiest January of my working career. And that was because I had that motivation and that focus. I knew what I was doing and just the energy I felt from it. And again, I'm not going to forget that energy. So I think it's only going to make the work I do next stronger because I know what that feeling was like. And it's something that 
yeah, I can celebrate and feel really proud of. To find out more about either Major Gifts Mastery or Corporate Partnerships Mastery, go to brightspotfundraising.co.uk forward slash services. For now though, back to the interview as I asked Pippa to explain how she prepared for the second meeting with McCain. We did a lot of work around what stories we could we could present to them that really fitted with what what they were asking us we tried to relate that back to to some of their their branding um, and the we are family campaign and meal times just making it a little bit more streamlined for them and the more research we did and the more we altered our, our concepts the more we believed in in the the partnership as well which i think really really helped by the time we went back in we were like this is a really good partnership. We don't know exactly what it's going to look like yet, but this is how we could work together. This is how our brands could, could look well together. This is some of the scope of things we could do, but absolutely you guys are the experts in, in this side. Let's work together. Let's see where we can get, basically. So so the second meeting was very much about going back and answering their concerns and the questions that, that they'd asked, but then also just continuing to to inspire and use those stories. Everybody at every stage was just really, really keen to hear the stories. You know, I mentioned it before, but it was, it seemed to really bring it home to them and really make them understand what, what we were about. You know, every time we talked about, we give this many grants, we, you know, we answer this many phone calls, all of this, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was the stories that really got them. And I remember sharing a story that one of our families, she'd, uh, she'd done a speech at one of our Black Tie dinners and she kindly let me read it out on her behalf at, at, at this workshop. And, you know, some of them have got tears in their eyes when she was, she, I mean, I probably didn't do it anywhere near as justice as she did. But and she just talked about some of the day-to-day challenges that she has. And I think also just bringing it back to, to, to reality for people of in terms of what, what we stand for, what and the families that we help, this could happen to anybody. And I think bringing that home to people was, was really, really important and bringing the, the concept of of how helpful these grants are was really important. So we we did this exercise that was basically, again, really simple. That was just a picture of an item that we granted. So, you know, either a white good or a, a food processor or an iPad or something like that. And just said to people, what is this? <laughs> and some people tried to be clever and they're like, oh, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a. other people are just like, well, it's a blender. <laughs> but actually you then telling the child's story through that of yes it's a blender but for that child that was the first time that they'd ever been able to eat the same meal as the rest of the family because they're on a liquid diet that has to um has to be so fine to be able to go through the tubes that a standard blender can't blend to that level you have to have a very expensive blender to be able to do that but this family don't have the money to be able to afford that so this blender has actually changed their life because it's the first time that the child can ever eat the same meal as everybody else. It's not just pre-prepared specialist food. It's the first time they've ever been able to go out for dinner as a family together and the child be able to pick something off a menu and all those those things that um, that opens up for families. And it, it was that that really, really hit home. And so that workshop that you did with various people from both sides sounds like a real step forward in getting closer to what the partnership actually would end up becoming. What happened next and, and how did you move it along? 
Yeah, so there were various other meetings after that, lots of different people involved. And basically between McCain and the agencies drew up some concepts of what they what they ideally would like to do with us to to fit this into their brand and and their campaign and what you know was this possible with us what could we do what couldn't we do Um, and how could how could we support that and it became I think in that workshop it became very clear very quickly that they really wanted to invest everything into this partnership they wanted to put it at the heart of their marketing campaign this wasn't just a sideline it was it was a real strategic part partnership. So we had several meetings, several concept meetings, lots of backwards and forwards. Obviously, at that point, the world started changing. So after a couple of face-to-face meetings, everything then became virtual and over teams. And um, yeah, it was just a case of working together, understanding everybody's boundaries and possibilities, what could be done, dreaming big, how could we stretch this, how could we support each other? And yeah, it went from there, really, with it. it's uh, It feels like a lot happened very quickly, <laughs> but lots of things developed as, as we went. And, um, you know, we went from having an agreed uh, um, donation and what the partnership had maybe looked like to that growing as we went on, as pe- more and more people bought into um, what, what we did and how much of a difference they, they could make um, and, you know, how they could um, help us in terms of not just the money that they were donating, but also by giving our families a platform, you know, and, and shine, shining a light on um, and he- heroing our families um, through through their campaign. So, so yeah, through through that, it went from having having the the takeover packs was like the, the first big thing for us, and we were like, that's amazing, you know, <laughs> the kind of exposure we're going to get from that. And then there was uh, talk of the advert, and we were like, that's even more amazing like you know that kind of we would never spend that amount of money on marketing to have that opportunity to have our logo on tv on primetime tv was just incredible for us um, and then the you know the concepts continued to to develop with the the animations and with the social media um influencer side of things and you know hopefully there will be more growth throughout the rest of the partnership. This is a partnership for, for another two years. Um, so there's lots of scope for the things to, to do together. It's a constant partnership, constantly working on things together um, and understanding each other's challenges and successes and everything else. One thing I would observe, and I've seen this in every really valuable strategic partnership I've studied, which is what you ended up doing was really different from what either of you could possibly have talked about or designed on the first meeting, what you did manage to do was A, get your foot in the door and have a conversation, B, have that be productive enough for both parties that that the main thing from the start is you could have this sense of commonality. We have common goals. There's loads of reasons why we should meet again. But somehow you resisted the pressure charities often feel at this point to start talking about money. And I don't know if on this occasion your prospective partner asked you well how much do you want I sense they might not have done but given how often charities can feel under pressure early to put a number a transactional number on my view is that's never going to work because if the end up partnership is so different from what you think it might be at the start how can you possibly put a number on it from the start anyway but what advice would you have for a, a, a charity 
that is wants to have or is having some initial valuable conversations with a partnership that might suit them, but they're feeling under pressure to commit too early to what it looks like and or especially commit too early to how much money are you looking for us to donate? What, what would you say? Yeah, I, and absolutely. You know, that was me two and a bit years ago. You know, we were agonising over valuing this partnership. What, what should we value it at? You know, how, what should we ask for? We don't want to over-ask and scare them away. We don't want to under-ask and undervalue ourselves. But yeah, I think what we really took away was they bought into to the fit in the same way that, that we, we believed in it. And in order for a partnership to be really, really successful, it's about that. You don't know all the answers. You don't know their brand inside out. They don't know our brand inside out. Let's work together and work out the best way of being as effective as possible. Remember that it isn't just about money necessarily. The money is obviously amazing and there's a lot There's a lot of pressure around that. But for us, there was also an enormous amount of added value in the marketing that, that, that they were offering, that kind of in-kind giving. You know, it's absolutely a benefit for them because it, it it's, you know, their marketing campaign, it builds their brand, it strengthens their brand of how they want to be perceived. But also there's a huge benefit to us as well, because it's something that we wouldn't be able to do without that partnership. I think the best partnerships absolutely come through through negotiation. And it is a very real risk, isn't it? If you're any size of charity, but especially if you're a smaller charity, a major risk is to not fully comprehend just how valuable we might be to the other party. I think... um, on my courses, people often worry that if they're not a well-known charity, they won't be valuable to a company because look how we've got a tiny audience. We've got no audience to bring to them. Whereas as I understand it, for you, McCain weren't talking to you because of who your audience were, but because of what you represent, the story of, of, of the kinds of families you help, not how many you help or not how many you support supporters you help. Whereas Mm -hmm. it's, it's what you represent yeah. They want, really wanted to, A, help that, but B, they understood that it's valuable for them to be helping that and that their customers would be pleased with them you know, yeah. and, and would appreciate that. And, and therefore, I think that's a different understanding of, of um, the strengths and weaknesses of uh, the size of a charity. Have I got that broadly right in your case? Absolutely. Yeah, it was uh, you know, in in the workshops we we did we looked at, at who their target audience um, is as well, and yeah, we talked about oh, you know, we've got this many <laughs> followers on Facebook and things like that, but that's absolutely not what they were interested in. Um, you know, lots of companies do lots of research about their customers, what their customers care about, um, their you know buying habits. We all know about cookies and things like that, and they have an idea in their mind of who their target audience is and who their customers are and who they want to expand to. Um, And they absolutely buy into a concept of this is something that will talk to to our audience. If a company is a family brand, then they're going to want to partner with something that's similar, that speaks to that family brand side of things in the same way that if it's an eco brand, then they're going to want to partner with it with, with a charity that, that speaks to their, their customers in, in the same way. Um, and yeah, that's absolutely, two years ago, we were like, oh, well, our audience is really, really small. But I think once we realised that actually it's not about that, it's about what we stand for and it's about how we can add value to the people that that 
any company wants to target, that's how we then hone down who we wanted to approach. And Pippa, so yes, one of the hardest things is, you know, however well the negotiations are going and both parties can see this is really going to happen, it's going to be great. But sooner or later, you still need to put a number on it somehow. Do you have any tips for how we might do that? Yeah, firstly, dream big. <laughs> you know, I we did we did a lot of research into other charity partnerships, other big charity partnerships, um, similar size brands and what their partnerships look like. And we did come to the number that we thought was maybe dreaming a little bit too big. But at that point, I guess we built up the relationship enough to feel a bit more confident to go back with that. And, you know, you get those insights as you go from them as well of what they're trying to to achieve but yeah we did we did lots and lots of research into what if we had a magic wand what would we like this partnership to look like um you know you look at all the, the big ones out there like you know age uk and cabris that was a big source of inspiration um for, for us um and yeah just just doing that research doing the research of various brands but definitely dream big as you say in one of your other podcasts uh, rob punch above your weight <laughs> Yeah. yeah, well, you've you've clearly done that. In terms of the various challenges that come with this, and there are many, aren't there? And there would be for a larger charity, but especially for a smaller charity. This time frame and how much resource it must have been taking up long before there was money to show for it to help pay for your services. That's always a tough thing, isn't it, for a corporate or a major gifts fundraiser to be doing all the right things for something that absolutely seems like jam tomorrow. Yeah. You've still got to fill in, you know, your this quarter's target and, and what how much you've raised. So in terms of that risk and those, handling those internal conversations or any other of the difficult risks, what would you say you learned? Yeah, a massive thing is for me was just communication like it's all about communication on both sides you know building the relationship with um with your your, your corporate partner and and perhaps your, your account manager there so that you I got to a position where I've got a really great relationship with the with the account manager so I could have some honest conversations with her of you know we might find this a challenge or we we might find this aspect of it a challenge but you know how can we work together to try and you know achieve that um, but selling it in internally as well is a massive effort this was the biggest partnership that um you know we we'd ever come across the uh you know there's lots of lots of other risks involved in, involved in it especially when we started talking about putting families really at the heart of the campaign that was a massive step change in terms of risk um in internally you know we'd always championed family voice and trying to get our family's voices heard but it was on a much much smaller scale <laughs> than national tv and radio and uh you know influencers was even, you know, for, for, for me was like a, a big area of, you know, we need to learn about this. We need to understand the risks, but we also need to be bold because, um, you know, a big thing for me is, yeah, there's a risk of doing things, but there's also a risk of not doing things. And you should take those opportunities. So we just I just had to be super organized, really, and look at try and listen to people's concerns and keep keep the channels of communication open. Uh, understand who the key people were that I needed on board you know this was a massive team effort yes I'm the only corporate partnerships manager there but a lot of the work that we did um, in the build-up to the campaign was family focused so actually 
our communications team were a massive support to me. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't have done this. They, they were basically the, the bridge between McCain and the families um, and managing all, all of that. You know, and they've, they've got other pressures that, that they've got to fulfill. You know, life isn't just about this partnership in the charity. It was the biggest thing to ever happen to us. But there's also a lot of other pressures, especially in COVID. You know, there's lots of, lots of other things going on. So, um yeah, just just having having regular meetings, setting out uh, exactly what what we're talking about, giving people opportunity to uh, you know raise concerns and ask their questions, and then um, managing that back. Um, you know, big thing I learned was a lot of fear and. In- <laughs> inflexibility around risk in organizations comes from a lack of knowledge and a lack of understanding so actually if you keep those those lines of communication open then it, it's a lot easier to 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 manage those things and, and be flexible um, and then achieve something beyond your wildest dreams well i think it's a truly brilliant partnership pippa and thank you so much for coming on the podcast to to explain about this journey and some lessons we could take from it. I look forward to staying in touch. For now, best of luck with your fundraising and I will catch up with you soon. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, bye. (laughs) Well, I hope you found this story helpful. Pippa is now an independent corporate partnerships consultant. And if you want to drop her a line, you can find her on LinkedIn. For a full transcript and a summary of the episode, go to the podcast section of our website, which is brightspotfundraising.co.uk. And if you're interested in improving your skills, confidence and results in corporate or high value fundraising, then I'd really encourage you to check out the Corporate Mastery Programme. That's the one that Pippa did or the Major Gifts Mastery Programme. To find out more, go to brightspotfundraising.co.uk forward slash services and then click on the link for Corporate Partnerships Mastery or any of our other training courses. Before we finish, I'd like to say a heartfelt thank you to everyone who's been spreading the word about this show to colleagues and on social media. I really appreciate your help in getting these stories out there to help more people. And we'd love to hear what you think about today's episode. As I say, we're both on LinkedIn and on Twitter or X, I am at Woods underscore Rob. We've got lots more interesting shows planned for the coming weeks. So if you don't already follow the podcast, please do that today so that you never miss an episode. Finally, thank you so much for listening. Good luck with your fundraising. And I look forward to sharing more Bright Spot examples and ideas with you very soon. Bye.